Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to our Monday afternoon broadcast of Prayer International. I am your host, Sean Holmberg. Um, joining us later on tonight will be Christopher Herzog, um, who is actually at the hospital. Um, his wife's um, mother is um, recovering from surgery earlier today, um, and so we'll be praying a lot for them later on. Um so, um, Monday afternoon, we had a guest last night. He actually did, um, Anthony did pretty well for his first time on a broadcast ever. Um, and let me just throw this out here, I guess, while we're starting. Um, me and Chris have said this. I believe we've said it before. And I just wanted to say it again and reiterate that um, we don't have some monopoly on the 10 p.m. to midnight time slot. Um, we're not the only ministers out there, and I honestly wouldn't call me and Chris ministers. We're just still a bunch of um, kids who are serving the Lord and having a blast at following his voice and seeing him perform his word and do everything he said he would do. Um, and we feel it's an honor to be able to partner with Jesus and the Holy Spirit and watch the Father glorify His Son through this broadcast, which is definitely not about us. Um, but there's a lot of other ministers on Block Talk Radio and in the world out there, and we're all one body. It's not a bunch of individual ministries and individuals, because um, we're all members of one another, all members of the same body, being fitted being built together for a dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And it's just like this last night's broadcast and a few we've had in the past. If there's anybody out there who the Lord lays something on your heart um, and you'd like to share it on the broadcast, um, we um, are more than happy if it seems okay with the Holy Spirit to just completely turn the broadcast over to you. Um, because the revelation and the anointing of God doesn't rest on just one man, it rests on everybody. Um, the purposes and the callings of God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit were given to the body of Christ for the edification of the body, um, not just so a pastor or a church here or there could be glorified with their own name, because in the end, all gifts, all anointings, are for the sole purpose of edifying the body, building up the body, and in the process glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. So now that I've got that out of the way, um, like Paul would say, grace to you, peace and mercy from the Lord Jesus Christ. And we as a ministry are constantly praying for the listeners of this broadcast. Um, knowing that they come, the listeners, you are spread out over the face of this entire earth. And the Lord's word is going out performing signs and wonders, not because of men, but because his word is faithful. Jesus is faithful and true to confirm his word to those who believe and to those who place their trust in him. So, um, we're here tonight, um, start of another week, two hours a night, 
to intercede for you, to intercede on behalf of your families and your friends and your loved ones, those who are not saved, those who need healing in prayer, those who need deliverance or comfort, those who need salvation, and for every man and woman and child across the four corners of the earth. Because Jesus Christ said, I am coming soon. And we believe that he's coming soon. We'll never give you a date like some people may because we know that the scriptures declare Jesus said out of his own mouth that no one knows that day except for the Father in heaven, not even the angels now. And we would be foolish to try to attempt to give out revelation and knowledge that we don't have and that men will not be given. Um, the Bible does say that the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals it first to his servants, the prophets. And we definitely do believe in hearing the voice of God. We definitely believe that we as believers through the Holy Spirit have the ability to not only hear the voice of God, but have a real intimate relationship with the God and Father of heaven and earth through the blood of Jesus Christ, through the grace and the mercy that comes through Jesus and through the works which he's already completed. And we do believe that if men will put their faces as flints and study the word of God, study to show themselves approved, to consume the word, to take it as a scroll and, and consume it like the prophet did in the Old Testament, like David said, the, take the word and hide it in your heart. Um, or like the father said to Joshua, uh, this book of the law shall not depart it from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And, you know, if the men and women of God are willing to to spend time in the Word of God and have the Holy Spirit, um, who is the Spirit of Truth, provide um, the revelation that comes from the Word. Um, and if they're willing to go before the Father and spend time seeking the face of the Father more than they seek the face of men, then we believe that all Christians have the ability to discern the voice of the Father and to hear the voice of God. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Um, but you'll never know that voice unless you're spending time with the shepherd. And... Um, so that being said, um, we attempt, as always, to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, that in no way through these broadcasts could we or would we in any way grieve him, and never do we want to grieve the Spirit of Grace, um, never do we want to take for granted the m mercy and the compassion that the Father has poured out upon all of us and the workings that he's doing. And we never want this broadcast or anything else to in any way impede or interfere with the workings of the Holy Spirit on the hearts and the minds and the lives of those who are listening. And so because of that, we always attempt to be cautious and to try to discern what the Holy Spirit's doing at the moment, whether that is at the start of a broadcast or halfway through or at the very end. Um, 
And that being said, we always need your prayer um, more now than ever before. Um, me and Chris need your prayers. Um, but, you know, the Bible says that when the enemy comes in the flood, like a flood, the Spirit will raise up a standard against them. And we fully believe that our salvation and our victory lies in the work of Christ Jesus. And that Paul said, through all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so, um, you know, I wanted to start tonight. Um, well, let me start tonight by saying um, our call in number is 619-638-8458. If you need prayer for absolutely anything whatsoever, whatever our country you're in right now, if you're, you can hear the sound of my voice and you need prayer, um, it's toll-free, I believe, 619-638-8458. I hope it's toll-free. If not, I hope you have a cell phone. Um, and if you need prayer, it doesn't matter what it is. If you want to have us pray for you on the air, um, we can do that. If you want to pray in private, we will do that, too, to respect whatever privacy and security concerns you may have. Um, but we know the Lord answers prayers. We've seen it over and over again through these broadcasts where not only just us, but those um, ministers who are in the chat rooms um, have prayed for people and seen a variety of wonders and miracles that the Father has performed. Um, not because we're special, or this broadcast is special in any way, but because His Word declares that if we ask anything His name, He will do it. And He said, whatever things you pray, Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you shall have those things you ask. And so you'll find that we fervently believe the word of God, and we fervently believe that the Lord um, is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous man availeth much. And um, so I'm not sure exactly where this is going to go. I have an idea. I could be wrong, so we'll just see. Um, so, um, I'm going to read this one passage, and we'll see what the Lord does with it. Um, this is Mark chapter 9, verse 14. And when he came to the disciples, being Jesus, he saw a great multitude around them, and the scribes were disputing with them. Immediately when they saw Jesus, it actually says him, but I'm going to just substitute Jesus' name so you, under, you can understand um, in case you don't have a Bible. Um, all the people, immediately when they saw Jesus, all the people were greatly amazed. And running to Jesus, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? I find that interesting. And I didn't notice that before, but he didn't ask his disciples. He asked the scribes what was going on. Um, I don't know why, but it's interesting for some reason. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break. Um, please pray for my father who has Pagus disease, chronic condition of the bones. Okay, um, one of the members of our chat room has just, um, posted a prayer request and so we're going to pause on the teaching and um, we're going to take a minute to intercede and to pray 
Um, Rosemary's father has Paget's disease, I believe. I, I hope I pronounced that right, which is a chronic condition of the bone and is very painful. And we know that the Lord God is stronger, more powerful than any disease on the face of this planet, whether that be Paget's or cancer or AIDS or leukemia. And yes, I said AIDS because I have seen people who've gotten healed of even AIDS. And, you know, when it comes to the the balance between life and death, um, it reminds me of an old song that said, whose report are you going to believe? And then the next line said, we will believe the report of the Lord. Because um, Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And it was a command to prompt obedience to us so that the Holy Spirit could perform the works of Jesus. And, you know, Jesus said, the works I do, you shall do also. And greater works than these you shall do because I go to my Father. And he sent the Holy Spirit who is the same Holy Spirit that dwells among us and dwells in us, the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. And brings to our remembrance some of the things that Jesus said to us and takes of what is his and declares it unto us, like the scriptures say. And we know that the word of God declares in Isaiah 53, by his stripes we are healed. And so... Everybody just um, join your faith. We're going to pray. Just believe. Jesus said all things are possible to him who believes. Father God, Lord, we come before you tonight. Father, that your hand, your sovereign hand, would touch Rosemary's dad right now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we speak complete and total healing over his physical body. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke the spirit of sickness. We rebuke the spirit of disease. We rebuke the Pagus disease and command that he flee his body and go right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, yes. Right now, you must leave his body and flee. We, Father, we ask you, Lord, that you would restore every bone according to your will, Father, according to your word. This is by your stripes where you heal, Father, that you would perform a constructive miracle in his body right now, Father. Remove every bit and every trace of this disease from far from him, Lord Jesus. Father, through your blood, Father, completely and totally restore him. Father, that when he goes to the doctor, they will be mystified, Father, and all the praise and the glory and the honor will go to you, Jesus. So, Father, we thank you for your blood over him, Father. Lord, we thank you for your blood over him. We thank you for your blood, Jesus. We thank you for your blood, Father. We give you glory and honor, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And um, Rosemary Marie's mother has uh, muscular degeneration. Huh. You know, the enemy, when he attacks, he just really attacks. Which um, 
you know, if we don't know the word of God, there's nothing we can do but stand by and watch the enemy destroy. You know, Jesus said that the thief comes to still kill and destroy. But he said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So, Jesus, as we have prayed and we know you've listened to our prayers for Rosemary's father, Lord, and that you are restoring him completely. Father, we ask the same thing for her mother, Lord, that you would have the same compassion her father. Lord, for this muscular disease, Father, that is ravishing her body, Father, that according to your blood, Father, according to your word, Father, and your word declares that you exalted your word above your name, and you said that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess. So, Father, we speak life, and we speak healing into her body right now. Father, every nerve ending to line up, Father, and to be restored in the name of Jesus. Every muscle from the top of her head to the soles of her feet restored in the name of Jesus. We command the spirit of sickness to go. We command the bone disease, I mean the muscle disease to go right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. In the name of Jesus, we speak life over this body. We speak healing over this body. We say that you will live and not die according to the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Holy Spirit, have your way in her. Holy Spirit, have your way in her. Holy Spirit, have your way in her. Burn within her, Holy Spirit, a fire and a hunger and a thirst for you. Consume her with joy. Consume her with joy and peace and believing, Father. Set her feet upon a rock, Father. And turn her eyes towards you, Jesus. Father, we thank you that we can trust your word. Father, we thank you that you are being glorified in this earth. Father, and that your will is being done in this earth, Lord. And we give you praise. We give you honor. We give you glory. As we will sing for eternity, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come, who has redeemed us from the foundation of the world, who has caused us to sit in heavenly places and has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, who has redeemed us and is not calling us forsaken, but has called us righteous and has called us beloved and has called us friends and has called us sons and daughters of the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, be glorified. Be glorified in our lives, Father. Be glorified through your word, Lord. And um, same mother has eye problems. So, Father, <laughs> I know you're not done, Father. 
Lord, restore those eyes right now. 2020 vision. Even better than that, Father. 2520 or whatever it takes, Lord. Give her eyes of an eagle. Father, restore her eyes. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, Father. Completely restored. That when she opens her eyes, will be completely restored. As if she's seen for the first time. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. So, the disciples were, um, I guess, arguing or fighting and disputing with the scribes. And Jesus walks up and the um, people were greatly amazed and running to him. They greeted him and he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. You know, we still have things like this today. The only difference is the world who has moved itself and removed the knowledge of the living God far from their midst sees people who are afflicted with the by the enemy and they dismiss them as just being sick or needing to be medicated or whatever else. But, you know, it's because there's not many people out there who can discern with righteous judgment and righteous discernment. Someone once told me that the spirit, the gift of discernment is not the gift of guessing. It's the gift of knowing. It's not having to look at someone and try to just figure out or guess what's going on. It's having the ability to hear the voice of God precisely and clearly in that moment, to have the discernment to tell exactly what's going on, which is what Jesus demonstrated. And and they said so and he said, So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out. But they could not. They could not. So they couldn't do it. So they just argued and warred among themselves and with the world about procedures and trying to figure out why they couldn't and casting blame on why they couldn't. Who knows? None of us were really there. So, But the Word of God says the disciples couldn't cast it out. Now, the disciples had seen signs and wonders, and the disciples had seen the Lord Jesus perform multitude of signs and wonders. And he had even given them the command and given them the Word. And through other signs and wonders they had seen, they had even had signs and wonders performed through the Holy Spirit by their own hands. But now they're confronted with an enemy, and they can't deal with it. It's not obeying them. It's not doing everything in their nice formula. Um, And Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to Jesus. 
And when he saw Jesus, immediately the spirit convulsed him. And he fell on the ground ground, and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. You know, it's interesting. When the enemy sees the children of God, the enemy usually does something. And it's usually not anything good. When the enemy sees the anointing, the enemy usually will try to make some kind of fight as futile as it is. And you'll notice throughout the scriptures um, that, you know, men, the difference between men and Jesus and even most Christians um, and Jesus is men attempt to make their name glorified and men try to create legacies and names for themselves. Um, to make themselves great. Jesus was never concerned about being great. He was never concerned with having a great name. It says that the Father exalted his name. It wasn't Jesus who exalted his own name. Jesus was, just as Jesus was obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. Jesus said he didn't do anything unless he had a command from the Father. He never said anything unless it was a command for the Father. Just because Jesus was only concerned with glorifying the Father. And and, he, and that's the difference, though, because when your focus and your desire isn't on your own glory, but it's on the glory of God, then there's an anointing that comes upon you because you're walking not towards yourself, but you're walking for him. And you don't care about some, some kind of anointing that's a self-built, self-preserved um, like anointing to try to proclaim like a Pharisee that you're this or that you're this or that you're this or that you're this. You know, Jesus said, let your guests be less and your no be no. Don't sit at the head of the table, go to the very bottom of it. Don't come to be served, but come to serve. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, when you have an anointing on your life from, the, from, the, from, the God, from God the Father, you don't have to proclaim anything to anybody about who you are. You don't have to try to promote your own name because it says your gifts will make room for you in the Bible. And when you're standing upon the Word of God and you're living according to the Word of God and you're keeping yourself in intimacy and fellowship with the Holy Spirit and God the Father, then he's going to make a place for you and he's going to make your name known. And even if he doesn't say anything about your name, the the angel, the demons... And the host of wickedness in the heavenly places are going to recognize that there's something about you that's a mirror image of the Lord Jesus Christ. You won't have to do much to provoke the enemy because your very presence will provoke the enemy because the Bible says we carry about the fragrance of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in verse 21, so he asked his father, how long has has this been happening to him? And his father said, from childhood. Now, this is a man who has a son who's been afflicted for his entire life almost. And like the woman with the issue of blood, who had done everything in her human ability, had spent every last penny she had on doctors trying to find someone who could cure her, someone who could deliver her, someone that could save her, going from one end to the other 
waiting on the street, hoping that someone would come along, like the blind men who were on the who were standing on the street, and they they heard that the Lord Jesus was coming, and they started screaming out, "Jesus, Jesus!" And even when the disciples tried to hush them, they were like crying out all the more, "Jesus, Jesus!" Not because they were hoping that Jesus could do something, but they knew he could. They knew if they could just reach out and get in contact with the Lord Jesus, that he could deliver them. And it says in verse 22, And often he has thrown him both, the demons have thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. You know, a side note, but, you know, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, though you pass through the waters, they will not overflow you. And though you go through the fire, it will not consume you. You know, sometimes it feels like we're passing through the waters, and it feels like we're passing through the Red Sea, and we're afraid that the waters are going to come down on us or that we're going through some kind of trial or fire in our lives and we're afraid that we're going to be consumed. But, you know, the Word of God says that Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you until the end. Everywhere you go, I am with you. Have confidence tonight that the Father God is with you, that he will not forsake you. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And, you know, I'm going to throw this out there, sort of like um, you probably would hear a pastor say, but, you know, but it's true. He didn't say some things. He said all things are possible. That means there's no limitation on the faith. The Bible says that the things that are impossible with men are possible with God, and nothing is impossible with him. He who did not spare his own son, but sacrificed him on the cross for us, how shall he not freely with him give us all things? Jesus said, the works that I do, you should do also, because I go to my Father. Jesus not only comforted the sick. Jesus not only turned water into wine. Jesus not only, like, killed the blind and the deaf. Jesus raised the dead. So where are the men and women of God who are willing to stand up upon the word of God and to come into agreement with what the Bible already declared about them and to go out into this world and start raising the dead spiritually and physically? Where are those men and women of God who are willing to dedicate themselves and their hearts and their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the pursuit of his word so that we can become that which he has already proclaimed that we were, that we can start believing for once as a body of Christ. We can start believing that his word is true and not just taking bits and pieces of it. And one day taking this piece because this sounds good today and tomorrow we'll take this piece over here. But let's stay away from this whole other area because that's just not comfortable and popular. Well, you know what? We're not called to be popular. We're not supposed to be lovers of men. We're supposed to be lovers of God. 
We're not supposed to be pleasing men. We're pleasing God. This isn't about men. This is about the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that those who come to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, it's time for the men and women of God to stand upon the word of God. To start proclaiming with their mouth the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And to turn around and take that that gospel that we so easily preach to the nations and turn it in on our own lives and expose our own lives to the gospel to make sure that we are really living and standing upon the words which we proclaim so easily that we believe. That when Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow, for you can't add one cubit to your stature, and tomorrow has its own, today has its own worries. And he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. When is it that we, us knowing that he is Jehovah Jireh, the Father who provides? David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging for bread. When does it come to the point that the children of God are willing to stand upon the word of God and believe that he's our provider instead of scrounging around for the, for the manna that has already turned old and the blessing that came yesterday? You know, it's time to stand up and to, and to wait on the Lord. So that you can renew your strength, so that you can receive the new blessing that comes tomorrow. But there is still a land flowing with milk and honey out there. There is a rest of the Father. There is a rest that Jesus said, take my yoke upon me, upon you. There is a rest to walk into and to stand in and to rejoice in and to have peace in. That we have a God who cannot lie. Who said he will provide all things for us. We walk around as defeated people, afraid that the enemy is going to take that which doesn't even belong to him and that he has no authority over. First says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. And he turned around and gave us that authority. And he said, if I cast a demon out of you, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Which means, as I've, I've heard one preacher say, that you've taken the authority and the word of God and you've made it become a reality into the physical realm. Because you believed it more than you believed the circumstances that the world wanted to talk about. Jesus said all things are possible to those who believe. And immediately... The father of the child cried out and said with his tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Death and, death and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. You know, it reminds me of a story. Smith Wigglesworth, a famous um, preacher, evangelist from, I believe, the 1800s, was a mighty man of God who said that he wasn't moved by what he saw or what he heard or what he felt. He was only moved by what he believed, and which was the Word of God. 
and he was one time called to someone's house because there was a child similar to this child who was being afflicted and by a demonic spirit. And so Smith Wigglesworth walks into the house, walks up to the kid, looks at the kid, and says, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to leave. And then he immediately didn't even wait. He turned around and started walking out the door. And this child, or this the demon hadn't left just yet, but the demon started taunting them and screaming. And Smith Wigglesworth got to the door, turned around, and his exact words were, I said leave. And he turned around and walked out. And immediately the spirit left. Now watch this verse. Verse 26. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and convulsed the kid greatly and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. You know, I just want to say this. When you're going through a struggle and when you're going through a battle and the Lord God has given you a victory through his word and has declared that you have victory through him, through his word, through the promises of God, it doesn't mean the enemy's not going to try to run up and stand up and make noise like there's something that he can do. What it takes is those who are willing to believe the word of God at all costs and at all expense and declare the word of God. And when the enemy wants to come up, after you've proclaimed the word, then you ignore him. The Bible says, <clears throat> resist the devil and he will flee. That's all it takes is resist him and he will flee. Stand upon the word of God. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the world believes because we're not of the world. It says that we are no that we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but we're fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. We are no longer members of this world, for our citizenship is in heaven. We don't think the same. We don't talk the same. We don't act the same. We don't live the same because we have two completely different lives. The world is spiritually dead. And we're spiritually alive. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come new. New creations in Christ Jesus. That means we are theoretically, and this is going to sound weird, so don't take me out of context or go too far into what I'm about to say, but we're theoretically new species in Christ. We are new creations from the world. The world cannot comprehend, understand, discern, or even begin to get the word of God. They're not going to be able to understand righteousness or the covenant of the Father. So you can stand up on your street corner and preach about sin in the world as much as you want, but the Bible says the things of the Father are spiritually discerned. And they can't see them and they can't receive them and they can't know them. But it says that the goodness of God will lead them to repentance. It's not by preaching of persuasive words of human wisdom, but it's by demonstration of the Spirit and power. As some would say, it's our job to proclaim the word, 
It's his job to fulfill the word. It's his job to turn the hearts of men, which we know he will. And he said that he is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. says in verse 28 and when he had come into the house his disciples asked him privately why could we not cast it out and he said to them this kind comes out by nothing but prayer and fasting and so once again his disciples saw Jesus do something but their by that by their own abilities they couldn't do. And so they came to Jesus and said, Jesus, what's the deal? Why can't we do it? What's wrong? What are we missing? What is it that we didn't get? And Jesus just said, This kind comes out only by prayer and fasting. And you know what he means or what he meant was is that you know in this walk in this world the Bible declares that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age and the time is coming when the sons of light and the sons of darkness will be more and more apparent. Those that are going to serve the gods, the gods of Baal and the false gods and the false idols and the false prophets and the false messengers and the false everything. And then those who are going to stand and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord God and him only shall we serve. And that we will not bow to the enemy, and we will not bow down to deceit, and we will not bow down to the lies. And we will not try to please the world, but we're going to stand on the word of God, and we're going to believe the word of God, and we're going to trust in the Lord God, and we're going to proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And we're going to preach Christ Jesus and him crucified and him resurrected and his blood. Because the time is coming for the church to stand up and be the church. It's time for the church to stand up and become the bride of Christ. It's time for us to stand up and understand that we are being built together for a dwelling place of God and the Spirit. That the Father is moving across this earth as He always has, seeking those in whom He can show Himself strong. Seeking those who will stand in the gap. Seeking those who will stand up and say, God, use me. Seeking those who are going to be more concerned with his face than they're going to be concerned with his hand. Those who are willing to stand up and declare that the word of God is true over their lives and over their families and over their friends and over their nations and over their governments. Regardless of what CNN or Fox News says about the situation. Because we don't serve them, we serve God. And regardless of whatever the world may proclaim or declare or try to 
say we should be worried about. We serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. What can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. Chris has said it before and I'll say it again. There is a blessing on the other side of your obedience to the Father. And we're not saying that you have to walk perfectly. Because it says the Bible declares that all men have fallen short the glory of God. All men have sinned. It says in 1 John, it says, If anyone declares they have not sinned, they're a liar, and the truth is not in them. And then it says, But if anyone sins, we have an advocate with Jesus Christ, the righteous. So I'm not saying that you have to live some holy, super, whatever life. Because every bit of righteousness and goodness we have, the Bible declares in Isaiah, is like filthy rags. And it says, By grace we are saved through faith. It's not of works. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. But the Bible declares to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, which is your reasonable service. It says to consider yourself to be dead to sin but alive to God. And the walk of righteousness and the walk of holiness is a walk of faith and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. In those areas that we don't have the ability, his grace is sufficient and his strength is made perfect in our weakness. But it's time for the body of Christ to stop looking for the hand of God and to start looking for his heart so that we can become like him and have the same compassion so that we can have the mind of Christ so that when the world comes up, we will know what to respond because we'll have studied to show ourselves approved. So when the enemy comes to tempt us or to deceive us, we'll have already been rooted and grounded in the truth of the word of God. And we'll have a a foundation that is unshakable, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. We're going to take a break real fast. And in just a few minutes, we'll be going into the second half of the broadcast. If you need prayer for anything, please, please give us a call. And we will be right back.
Welcome back to Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number is 619-638-8458. And in just a few minutes, we're going to be um, blessed to have Chris Herzog um, come for the last half of the broadcast. Um, and so um, we're going to take a minute. Um, I wanted to read this psalm real fast. Um, psalm 40, verse 1 um, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he climbed to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. You know, there's a chapter in the Old Testament where the armies of God were as small and as few as they were, were facing a almost innumerable army who was coming against them to destroy them. And the Father said, you don't even have to pick up your swords. Just lift up your voices and shout to God. And to sing your praises to Him who is our strength, our high tower, our shield. He's our refuge. And so I'm going to play one more song before Chris comes on, just for us to spend a few minutes just rejoicing in the fact of knowing the God in whom we serve. And, you know, we need to spend much more time in our lives praising him for who he is, and what he's already done. Because if you know what he's already done, it gives you a really good idea of what he's capable of and what he's going to do in the future. And Jesus said that he is faithful and true. So we will be back in just a second. Our call in number once again, 619-638-8458. And we'll be back in just a minute. Majesty, worship his majesty unto Jesus be all glory, power, and Thank you, Lord God, for the blood that you shed for us. 
We thank you, O Lord God, for the great mercies and blessings that you that you showered upon our lives. But tonight, Lord, we want to see you not as a lamb, but we want to worship you as that lion of Judah, the king above all kings. Thank you. Thank you for your presence. We bow before you. We acknowledge you. We honor you. King of kings and Lord of lords. God, we're back. And this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'm picking up the second half of the broadcast. Uh, Sean Holmberg was in the studio tonight just sharing his heart, preaching the Word of God. And uh, I didn't catch all of it, but it sounds like it was pretty awesome. So praise God. going to have to go back into the files and check that out later. And just want to encourage you guys, if you ever catch... Uh, part of a broadcast or miss some of it or can't make one, we do archive these, so feel free to, you know, check them out or go back into the, you know, history and, and see what we've got out there. Uh, if you need to call in, we're at 619-638-8458. Feel free to go to the phone and listen in or join the show live if you want to. Also, uh, you can check out the website, www.prayerinternational.org. We've got a 1-800 number now, which is 1-800-701 and T785, I believe. And you can always uh, email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. So, praise God. 
Well, look, we want to pray. Uh, looks like we've got Rosemary for Jesus, a couple guests in the chat room tonight. Uh, I think we've had quite a handful. Uh, we've got Anthony and Angel Marie on the phone, uh, listening in from wherever they're listening in from. And we've had a handful of people just listening in. Just want to lift you guys up in prayer. You know, uh, without prayer, we're not going to see a move of God. In fact, you know, prayer, communicating with God, communing with the Father, is really what brings heaven's influence into the earth. You see, Jesus taught us when you pray, say, which means whenever we pray to the Father, we're to speak, not just think our prayers in our heads, although there's nothing wrong with that. But Jesus said, actually, when you pray, say, which means we're to physically speak, audibly talk, verbally speak to God, communicate with God, but not only with our lips doing a lip service, but we need to realize that the overflow of the heart, from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. We want to make sure what our mouths are speaking is also what's really in line with what our hearts are feeling, our hearts are thinking, our hearts are doing. And there's got to be that unity. There's got to be that oneness in prayer. See, Jesus said it like this, look, I and the Father are one, and I pray that you would be one with the Father and one with Jesus. See, Jesus is constantly praying that we would be one with him, be one with the Father, be one with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because there's a blessing in unity. See, Jesus always taught from the Old Testament. And a principle in the Old Testament is this. How can two walk together unless they be agreed? How can two people walk together unless they're in unity, unless they're in one accord? James said it like this. Look, you can't have bitter and sweet waters. You can't have double-mindedness. Because a double-minded man will receive not anything from the Lord. And so what I'm saying is there's going to come a time in your life when you have a heavenly alignment, a Holy Ghost alignment, a shift, a kingdom shift in your life where the kingdom of God and the things of the Spirit become a reality in your life, in your mind, in your heart, in your day-to-day living, in your lifestyle, and that the way you Project your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your actions, the the product that comes out of your life, the fruit that comes out of your life, needs to exemplify the Lord, needs to exemplify righteousness. It needs to look like, feel like, taste like, smell like Jesus. See, we're to be imitators of Christ. Paul said, imitate me. He said, imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promises of God. And you've got to realize that Jesus not only was our Savior and Lord and our example, but these other stories that we read about in the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation, they're not just stories, but they're real-life encounters, real-life examples historical accounts of real situations that happen where men and women, just like you and me, you and I, had real encounters with the living God, real encounters with the Holy Spirit, real encounters with the Jesus that walked the face of the earth. And the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. What God did in the Word of God, what we read about, the way that men and women encountered him and experienced him, heard his voice, experienced his miracles, had God get interactively involved in their life on a day-to-day basis, God, in the same way, wants to encounter you, and he wants you to encounter him. God, in the same way, wants to speak to you, and he wants you to speak to him. God, in the same way, wants you to reveal your heart to him, even though he knows what's in it already. But there's something about being vulnerable and confessing. There's something about being vulnerable and being open. There's something about pouring your heart out to God. Even though he already knows what's in there, he just wants to hear you say it. You see, he wants to be intimately involved in your life. He wants to be intimately acquainted with who you are. And like I said, it's not that he doesn't know you already, because he even knows the secret hidden parts of your heart, the deepest, darkest recesses, even the secret things that you try your best to hide. He knows about it. But see, there's there's a spiritual principle that says this. If you draw near to me, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Resist the devil, submit to God. Resist the devil, he will flee, and, and submit to God. See, God wants there to be a submission. God wants there to be a surrender. God wants there to be a vulnerability in you and in me that causes us to reach out to him. It causes us to go to him. See, he says he's an ever-present help in time of need, but if you don't go to him when you're in a time of need, you'll never know. He says that, God says that he is the healer, he is the deliverer, he's the God that healeth thee, by his stripes you are healed, but if you never acknowledge him as your source of healing, if you never go to him in faith, if you never trust him with your health and and your healing in every uh, situation in your body, then you're never going to know him as healer. See, he can say he's the Savior and he's the Lord of your destiny. He's the master of your destiny. He's the savior of your soul. He's the eternal one, the life-giving spirit, the God in heaven who wants to know you by name, who knows you not by name, but he wants you to know him by name. But if you never reach out to him, if you never call on his name, if you never acknowledge him as savior, if you never acknowledge him as Lord and master of your destiny, if you never give him the opportunity to come into your life and show himself real and strong, then you're going to never know him in those ways. So Jesus said, when you pray, say this, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we need to realize we've got a loving heavenly Father that we can go to who is in heaven. That's his position. He sits on a throne in the heaven and laughs. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and me. The Holy Spirit is moving to and fro throughout the earth, looking for hearts that are fully God's. And the bottom line is, is this God that is in heaven, is looking for you, is waiting for you to turn to him, to acknowledge him. And maybe you're already saved. Maybe you've already experienced him as healer. Maybe you've already experienced him as the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've already experienced him in church and in worship and in deeper places of worship. 
Listen, he wants to be your source. He wants to be your provision. He wants to be your best friend. He wants to be the one that makes a way when there is no way. And Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit do not want to be compartmentalized. You notice a lot of times in this religious experience, in this Christian walk, in this thing we call Christianity, what we call the life of the believer, a lot of times we compartmentalize. We have our church life. We have our work life. We have our family life. We have our social life. And they all seem to have different facets. They all seem to have different roles, different places in our life. And we only, a lot of times, depending on where we're at in this relationship with God or in our spiritual walk, we only acknowledge God in the church things, in the spiritual things, in the praise and the prayer, the worship, the reading of the Bible, the Bible studies. We only acknowledge God in those types of things. But when it comes to everything else in our lives, sometimes God takes a back seat. Not that he takes it, but we put him there. We put him aside, and we don't get him involved in our everyday life. But the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. And that word says, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. It doesn't say in your church-going ways. It doesn't say in your Bible study. It doesn't say in your prayer time. It says in all your ways. It says in everything that you have in your life, every person, everything, every situation, everything that you own, with everything that you are and that you have, acknowledge God. The Bible says with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, love the Lord your God. It's with everything. That means you don't compartmentalize. You don't just give him a portion. You don't just give him a a part of your life or, or this couple hours. But you make him the Lord and the master of your destiny. In fact, the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray was, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there's that heavenly alignment and that shift that we were talking about. See, your heart and your mouth, your mind and your, your your whole being need to be in line with the heavens, in line with the things of God. They need to be full of kingdom purpose, full of a kingdom agenda. Your will and your plan and your purposes need to fall to the wayside. But see, God's plan and God's will and God's purposes need to come up and, and be set into your life. So tonight we're talking about prayer, and yes, we're going to get into praying. Um, I just wanted to share my heart for a minute. We're going to go into a quick song, and then we're going to come back and we're going to pray. So I just want to acknowledge the reality of God tonight. I want to acknowledge his presence tonight. He's so good. And he's here tonight.
All right, praise God. Well, we're back. Uh, I just want to let you guys know, I think I lost my switchboard, and I cannot pull it back up right now anyway. So for a little while, I'll be off the switchboard, so I'm not really sure who's logged in there. Um, so if people keep coming in, feel free to greet the guests, pray for them, talk to them, fellowship with them, whatever the case is, because I will not be back for a few minutes until uh, it comes back up. Well, uh, we're back, and this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'm filling in the second half of the broadcast with Sean Holmberg. He's uh, the host, usually from about 10 to 11. Sometimes he takes the whole show. Sometimes he takes the night off. And usually that's the case with me, too. And, uh, you know, we just kind of play it uh, by the Holy Ghost. I like to say we play it by ear, but, you know, we just do whatever the Lord leads us to do, and we rest when we need to rest. And sometimes the Lord doesn't let us rest, and he wants us to keep going. Last night we were blessed to have Anthony Bertano just share his testimony and share a little bit about his life and share from Hebrews and share some things out of his heart about the Lord, which really blessed us. And from time to time we may have some guests and different people in and out on the show talking, sharing, praying, preaching, teaching, whatever the case is. And so we're just thankful, uh, you know, just to have people that are working with us on our team to help make this happen. So we're just really thankful for that. Well, I just want to give a praise report. Uh, those of you that have been praying the last couple of days, um, I was typing it into the chat room and I lost my chat room, so I figured I'd let everybody know. Uh, my mother-in-law, Pat, just came through uh, surgery, and uh, they're going to be sending her home in a couple of days. So we just want to thank everybody for praying and just ask you to continue to pray for a speedy recovery for her and just that the Lord would lead us in this season. Uh, you know, we asked a few of you a few days ago uh, to be praying uh, for Pat uh, concerning her lungs and heart, different things going on. And as of right now, we've got good reports from the doctors. Uh, praise God, she's getting her strength, and things are going well. So we just want to thank everybody for that. We're just very thankful for all your prayers and concerns, support, and we got different text messages and things throughout the day today, even from you know brothers and people just letting us know that they're praying and concerned, and that means the world to us. So God bless you uh, for praying for us. You know that's what we're trying to do. Not only be a prayer base for you, but just to know that we've got a support base. Uh, people praying around the world, around the United States, around the state, around the city, wherever they're praying, we're just blessed to be a part of it. And so once again, you know, if you need to call in or you have any prayer requests or anything that's weighing heavy on your heart that you'd just like to cover in prayer, you can always call us at 619-638-8458 or you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com or you can go to the chat room, or wh- however you can reach us. Just let us know what your prayer requests are, and I guarantee you somebody's going to be praying for you. If you let us know about it, we're going to get the word out. So praise God. Well, I think what I want to do, I want to just stay in an attitude of prayer and worship. So I want to go before the Lord in prayer. I want to go into one more song, and we're going to kick it in gear. We're going to get into the book of Colossians tonight. I really don't know why, but that's what's in my spirit. Um, so we're going to shift gears over there in a little bit. Let me pray for you guys. And uh, obviously, if you have prayer requests in the chat room, 
tonight. I cannot get to them right now. And so we're just going to pray and uh, cover the specifics later. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord. Father, I just I feel so blessed to know that you are the ever-present God that's with your people, Lord. You're with me, and you're with the men and the women that are listening tonight. And you're with every person who names the name of Jesus from a pure heart, from a sincere heart. And, Father, right now we pray for those that are yours, Lord. We pray for those that are listening tonight that are your people. And Father, we pray your kingdom come and your will be done in their lives, that you would lead them and guide them. Father, every man, every woman, every child, every teenager that's listening tonight, Lord, open up their eyes, Father, and help them to see things from a heavenly perspective. Help them to see things the way you see them. Help them to see things with a discerning eye, that, Lord, their eyes would be flooded with light, that they would have a kingdom perspective, a kingdom mindset. Father, I pray, Lord, God, open up the ears of every person listening. Their spiritual ears would be open to know your voice, to hear your voice. You said the voice of a stranger they wouldn't follow, but that your sheep know you and they know your voice. So we pray, give your people ears to hear, spiritual ears. Fine-tune their hearing to where they can recognize your moving and your leading and your voice, where they can recognize what you're speaking and what you're doing, and that they could be led by your spirit. And, Father, we just pray, Lord God, Give them hearts to obey what they hear. Give them hearts to trust you and follow you in the way that you're leading them. Give every person listening tonight an open spirit that's so open and yielded to the Holy Spirit and yielded to the Word of God. Father, give them a spirit of obedience, a heart of obedience, just that faithful spirit, that steadfast, tenacious, keep-on-going spirit, Lord, that that you would cause your people to not grow weary in well-doing, but they would continue on. They would keep going forward, knowing that they're going to reap a harvest, Lord. They're going to inherit the promises of God, but they don't stop. So, Father, put it in your people to look unto Jesus, to lay aside every weight and every sin that easily besets them, and, Father, to press into the mark. Lord, we just pray right now strength and encouragement, endurance, anointing over those that are declaring your word, those that are being used to deliver your gospel to you, whether it's just one or two or whether it's a multitude, Father, whether it's in their neighborhood or on their job or in their family or whether it's in the church or in conferences or or in open-air meetings, whatever, on the radio, on the television, however they're doing, on the Internet. Bless every person listening tonight and use them to be your mouthpiece. Use them to declare your word. Use them to bring men and women into the kingdom. So, Father, we speak blessing tonight. We just thank you, Father, that you're moving in a mighty way. Father, we just ask, Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name, touch your people. Amen. And all who are thirsty and all who are come to the fountain and give you heart.
Yeah. 
there was a hope that was laid up for you. And since you heard the word of God, you developed a faith in Christ Jesus and a love for the same. And this love brings forth fruit. And it started since the day that you heard it. Now, these guys had an amazing experience, an amazing encounter with God, that from the very first day that they heard it, they were changed. And that's what we need. We need to declare the word of truth so that the very moment people begin to hear this word, they're changed. And it develops a faith in them. It develops a hope in them. It develops a love in them. And see, this type of people sparked something in Paul to make him want to pray for them. Verse 7 says, As you also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow, who, for you as a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord under all pleasing, being fruitful of every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with might, according to the glorious power of all patience and long-suffering and joyfulness. We'll stop there. This is where he's saying, look, we're going to pray for you. And this is Paul's prayer, and this can be your prayer. This is the type of prayer you need to pray for people. Pray that they would be filled with the desire to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Not only would they have the desire, but they would also be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That's a good prayer. Father, fill your people with the desire. Fill your people with the knowledge of your will the desire to do your will and give them all spiritual understanding, all wisdom. Verse 10, he says that you might walk worthy of the Lord and be pleasing in every good work, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. That's another good prayer. Father, we just pray for your people to walk worthy of the Lord, that this brother, this sister, this family, this mother, this father, this person would walk worthy of the Lord and be all-pleasing, that they would be fruitful in every good work, and that they would increase in the knowledge of God. What a powerful prayer. Verse 11 continues, to be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, and all patience, long-suffering, and joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. So the same word, Pray that these saints would walk worthy of the Lord, that be pleasing and be fruitful in every good work, that increase in the knowledge of God, that have all spiritual wisdom and all spiritual understanding, that be filled with knowledge of His will, that be strengthened with all might. And how would they be strengthened with the might? According to His glorious power, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And what is this power? What is this Spirit going to produce in them? This is what they pray that it would bring unto them all patience, long-suffering, and joyfulness. There's the character of the Spirit. There's the fruit of the Spirit being produced in their lives as the Spirit of God is pouring and moving. Verse 13 says, God has delivered us from the power of darkness 
and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Question, have you been delivered from the power of darkness? Have you been translated into the kingdom of his dear son? Verse 14 says, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. And I'm here to tell you, the blood of Jesus is speaking for you. You have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. See, Christ is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created, verse 16, that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers or all things, they were created by him. And they were created for him. And he, Jesus, is before all things, and by him, Christ, all things consist. He, speaking of Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, and in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should dwell all the fullness. Verse 20, having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself. By him I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now have you reconciled. He's saying at one point, these people were walking away from Christ, they were walking in their wickedness, but God has brought them back. God has brought them in the way. God has turned their hearts. How? Through the blood of the cross. He reconciled. He reconciled them. Even though they were alienated, they were enemies in their minds because of wicked works. God reconciled them. Verse 22, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy. See, Jesus took on this death in his flesh so he could present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. And this is how it works. If you continue in faith, grounded and settled, and do not move away from the hope, of the gospel. See, if you can just continue in faith and get grounded and settled and not be moved away from the hope of the gospel. Now, this is the gospel which you heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven. Paul said he was made a minister under to every creature which is under heaven. Paul says, I'm a minister and I now rejoice in my sufferings for you. I feel of that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Whereof I made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. He saying, look, I'm come to fully preach the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations but now is made manifest to the same. To him, God would make known what is the riches of the glory. So we need to ask God to make known the riches of the glory. The mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Whom we preach warning to every man, teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. Is God working in you mightily? Are you asking God to make known the riches of his glory? Are you asking God to make you a minister? Can you rejoice in his suffering? 
Can you continue in faith and be grounded and settled and not be moved away from the hope, which is the gospel? Can you be holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight? He wants to reconcile you by his blood. Praise God. This is Prayer International Radio, and we just went through Colossians 1. Just letting the Word of God kind of speak for itself tonight. And I want to go into a a song, and then we're going to go ahead and close out tonight. But I, I appreciate everybody listening, praying, standing with us. And we will be back tomorrow night, and maybe after the time, it depends on how much time we have. Prayer International Radio, www.prayerinternational.org. Prayerinternational at gmail.com is the email address, and you can call us 619-638-8458. Days will come when you don't have the strength. Treasure you are sacred.